something big, I mean really big, happened on Monday night. Probably the biggest thing that's happened in the Charles E. Smith Center, um, at least in a men's basketball context, in about 20 years. GW defeats number six Virginia 73-68. I have a million thoughts about this game, but you have already been incredibly patient about me getting this podcast put together uh, in the midst of a very, very busy time uh, in life. So I'm going to just get right into the interview with Rob Doster of NBCSports.com. This is part one of two, uh, recapping the Virginia game. Uh, Right now, it does not look like there will be a preview for the USF game. Uh, I've reached out to a handful of different bloggers and media people in South Florida, and uh, so far, no bites. Um, We can talk about that game at another time. Most importantly, just really quick thoughts. Uh, GW just has the momentum. They have the talent. It's a question of whether or not they're able to stay up for this game, especially going on their first game on the road. But um, Rob Doster was uh, gracious enough and really, really uh, amazing to get on the phone with me immediately after this game against UVA, was incredibly responsive on Twitter. He's a fantastic writer for NBCSports.com, and he had a lot of really fantastic things to say about the game. Uh, A quick disclosure about what you're about to hear. Um, Rob was calling from a cell phone uh, in D.C. late at night. Uh, There are some moments where it's a little bit difficult to hear. Um, I've done my best to control for those audio issues, um, but uh, just turn up your volume in your headphones and uh, you should be able to get the gist of what I think will be a very enjoyable interview. Enjoy. I am so grateful right now to be introducing Rob Doster from NBCSports.com, who was present in the Smith Center uh, for what Rob, I, I, you know, you cover college basketball nationally. As a GW fan, I've got to tell you, and you'll hear in the background, my phone will not stop going off right now. This is easily the biggest win in the Charles E. Smith Center since 1994. Um Talk me through the experience of actually being in the Smith Center and what you saw from from both teams tonight. Well, I mean, the environment was unbelievable. You know, I, I know that GW fans uh, have a pretty good fan base, and I really like the Smith Center as a venue to watch a game. I've been there for a couple of big games. I was there when they beat BCU, uh, I want to say two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I really I really like the venue. It's small, it's packed, it's really loud. They have the, uh, I guess they call them the Colonial Army, I think. They have the big student section right there on top of the court. So, you know, it, it, it's fun in there. And, you know, when it, it's it's easy to, like, put that together. But the fans got to show up. And they showed up tonight and rocket. And, you know, my favorite part about having on-campus games like this is, I mean, you obviously you live in D.C. There's a huge UVA presence in the city. And there were, I would say that probably 30 to 35% of the crowd was Virginia fans tonight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for most of the game, like, it was going back and forth. Uh, everyone was fired up. Everyone was tense. I think that, you know, college hoops being back and finally having a big game like this, it just, you know, it was an incredible atmosphere. It was so much fun to be there. Um, I forgot what the other part of the question was you asked. Yeah, it, it was it was, it was was one of the more enjoyable experiences that I've had in, in the, the out of college basketball, especially the GTA. Well, and it's got to be said, all of the credit in the world to Tony Bennett and the Virginia program, Craig Littlepage as the athletic director, agreeing to schedule a home-and-home with George Washington. Uh, GW had been a team when this was booked that was clearly on the cusp of, I'm not sure when they signed contracts, but had just gone to an NCAA tournament. Um, For UVA to agree to go that 115 miles away and play in that Smith Center, not demand that it be moved to a neutral venue, not demand it be moved to the Verizon Center, uh, all the credit in the world to... 
that program for agreeing to play a road game, a true road game against a team that, frankly, I mean, Rob, you you study this and you keep a really close eye on these recruiting battles. The UVA had no tangible benefit for beating GW in the Smith Center necessarily. And, and so what's it like, and what does it say about a, a UVA program to agree to take on this game? Well, you know, i got a lot of respect for Tony Bennett for doing that. I think, one, um, it's a sign of how much he actually believes in his team. Like, road game, college level are really good. Uh, that's that's awesome to see every year with upset. And, you know, the, how, the top five teams going into, uh, you know, on the road and league playing, losing a game to someone in the bottom of the conference. So it's just, you know, going on the road in college basketball is not easy to do. you got to give credit to the guys that, will volunteer to play road games. And, you know, Tony's doing this with a lot of other teams, too. Like, he, he did sign a home-and-home with Villanova. He signed a home-and-home with California. So he, he, he has no issue with competitive And, you know, you got, you got to love that. It's, even if you're not a fan of P2P, you got to kind of love that for what it means for the sport because the way it's kind of trending in the non-conference season is you have these big events at NBA arenas where, you know, you get, like, thousands of people showing up to the game. It's just it's not... That's not what makes this sport great. You know, it's not your college basketball was never going to be better uh, on, on a strictly basketball level than the NBA. But what makes it so good are those environments, those home crowds, students that he's in. Uh, when you take that away, it's played on the neutral court. Kind of, I don't want to say it kills the sport. So that's, that's 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 taking it too far. But it really kind of deadens the experience. Of what makes the sport so great? You know, uh, a couple of days ago, I had the opportunity to talk to Matt Ellis uh, of Streaking the Lawn, UVA's uh, SB Nation blog, and I asked him, what does it take to beat UVA? And he said, uh, if you can out-rebound us, you can beat us. And he also said that if you can out-shoot us from beyond the arc, uh, you can beat us. Now, we did not beat uh, UVA from from three-point range, 4 of 15 to their 5 of 20, kind of a wash on both sides. But what was it like to watch this George Washington team out rebound the Cavaliers thirty-seven to thirty-three? You know, I, I, the rebounding was definitely a part of it because what makes UVA so good defensively is that you know the whole the, the whole pack line system. The idea of it is they force you to take a tough jump shot and then go and they get the rebound. Like that's the idea. You're, you're going to get one shot of possession and it's going to be a difficult shot. And I think GW did a very very good job of. Not only, you know, getting some offensive rebounds and getting some second chance points, both guys, Patricia uh, Greeno had like three ridiculous tippings uh, during the second half, and they're able to jump and made their run. But they also, so, you know, Anthony Gill is big, strong, really, really talented dude. Mike Toby is like seven foot, 260 pounds, and they did a fantastic job of making sure that UPA didn't get a lot of second chance opportunities. And when you're playing a team like UDA, where points, at a premium offensively, yeah, you really need to put a second chance opportunity. That would be a great job doing. Rob, I know that you've got limited time, and there's a whole tip-off marathon happening right now. But just really quickly, I would love to ask you, if we had four Colonials and double figures, Tyler Cavanaugh and Patricio Greeno both led the team with 18. Patricio now in his fourth year with GW. Uh, Tyler Cavanaugh, a newcomer to the team, uh, just having finished his redshirt year uh, sitting after coming from Wake Forest. Um, talk to me about those two guys tonight. Uh, Patricio seemed to be really all over the floor, and Tyler Cavanaugh seemed to really open things up for the Colonials uh, in this game. You know, I thought... Patricio Garino was the best player on the floor. He, you know, he's better than Calvin, better than Gilgi. I, I, my thing with Garino has always been he is jump shot away from being an NBA player. You know, when you look at when, when NBA scouts look at uh, guys they want to add high level 
rotation guys, you know, end of, the, end of the bench guy. They're looking for can you play a role. They're not looking for talent because it's easy to consider to play in the NBA. Like you're a really, really good basketball. You'll be considered unless you're insanely talented. So what they look for is not necessarily the stars, not the guys that can score on the point for people to play a role. And Patrice Marino is a superb defender. He's a, he'd be a very good NBA defender right now on the wing. The problem is he can't really shoot. The way the NBA is training, he's got to be able to shoot before the whole goal. For the State Warriors, small ball kind of deal. So if he can ever become a good three-point shooter, I think he is going to be a rotation player in the NBA. That's how highly I think of him. And he showed all that tonight. Man, he did that. He made some nice passes. He had a big three. Those tippings were huge. He did a really good job kind of making life, life difficult for Malcolm Brosnan. Malcolm Brosnan is all, all there. You know, you're not going to stop him, but the real beat him for first point. That's what going to have. And, you know, I know Kavanaugh has been with that line, but I honestly thought that Kevin Larson was more important to Utah than, than Kavanaugh was. Because what you know about what Virginia does with their defense is uh, when you get a post-touch, they, they double what they're big. And they double hard, they double on the cash, hard to take away any kind of post up opportunity they get. And Larson made them stop doing that. In the second half, Half, they had to adjust a top double team, which is something that he almost never does because of how well he was passing out of those traps. And, you know, Cody Bennett talked about it after the game. Michael Otto talks about it after the game. You know, his, his ability to, I think in the first uh, probably about five minutes, he found Kavanaugh twice for dunk. And then he found John McDonald twice open on the opposite wing to three. So his ability to pass out of that zone or pass out of those double team was incredibly important for GW and kind of breaking down what. Virginia wants to do on defense. Yeah, Larson led the team with five assists in the game. Um, and, and Rob, there's a lot of great things we can say, especially with what you said about Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, Anthony Gill and Mike Toby were both very solid in this game, uh, but we don't have time for that. And thankfully, GW won, so we don't necessarily even have to. Um, Rob, GW has been, from the beginning of this season, you know, projected to be probably on the wrong side of the bubble. With the team that you saw tonight, what 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 do you think? What 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 are you hoping for from this GW program as we look over the course of the season? Well, you know, I don't think that they. I, I would just be on the wrong side of the bubble. I think that they are a team that that when you look at this. So I wrote tonight um, in the uh, in the quick thing that I did right buzzer. I basically said that this win earn GW their tournament seed. And I know that that sounds crazy to say uh, four days into the season, but if GW does what we expect them to do, win like 22 games, finish somewhere like 13-5 and five in the 8-10, you know, win those home games that they're supposed to win, uh, not drop too many stupid road games in the league play, then they're going to end up being right there on the bubble. Beating this UVA team is going to give them a win over a team that's probably going to be like, I would get by the end of the year top 15 RBI, RPI. And having that kind of win on your resume, even if it comes in, in early November, is so important for teams when you get into the bubble race. Because, you know, I've done the, the bubble banter stuff and talked about bubble for, you know, the last six years of debt. And what everybody is always like, does it have a marquee win? Well, GW four days into the season now has a marquee win. And that's going to be a difference maker for them from the tournament time. And, I think this, I've, I've always thought that this team was probably good enough to get to the NCAA tournament and, you know, to win a game in the NCAA tournament. And now having this win on their resume already is the kind of thing where as long as they do what they're supposed to do and do what we think they're going to do, this is enough that, that you know, it's, 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 it's 
that one point that you can say, hey, yeah, this team doesn't have a win over, you know, the two-time champ. So it's a huge one. Huge. Rob Doster is uh, one of the most fantastic writers out there for NBCSports.com. Uh, he is all over the college basketball game. Uh, Rob, I, I follow you very, very closely. I'm not sure when you sleep, um, but I am so, so grateful that you were in the Smith Center for this game. Thank you so much for covering the Colonials and for jumping on the podcast. And uh, what what is your night of college basketball going to be looking like for the rest of the way of this NCAA tip-off marathon? Well, right now I'm literally in the car driving home from the Smith Center, so don't tell the cops. I won't, no, don't worry about that. But, yeah, when I get home, I probably would have I have a couple of games on uh, on DVR that I'm going to roll through, and then at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, I'm hopping on a flight to Chicago so I can go cover the Champions Classic tomorrow night, which is Duke, Kentucky, uh, and Michigan State Kings. So I've got a pretty busy 24 hours ahead of me. Let me just rephrase this. Rob Doster is half man, half machine for NBCSports.com. He is a gentleman and a scholar. Rob, thanks so much for joining the podcast, and uh, again, thanks for everything you do. Thanks for having me on, man.